0: to another brand new episode of Crash Chords Autographs. We're doing something a little different this episode. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know that at the end of every year, starting a few years back, I've done a kind of highlights of the year, year in review, where I talk about some of my favorite things from the year. Um, I talk on special moments that stood out this year. And of course, thank some people, uh, This episode is going to be a little looser, a little less edited. Not that I over edit my episodes, but it's meant to be a casual chat with you, the listener. And uh, up top, I want to thank you for listening. Um, 2020 was a nightmare of a year for a lot of people, myself included, but all in all, I came out better for it. And there was plenty of good that came out of this year as well. And in an effort, as always, to not look on the dark side and to try and look on the bright side. Um, I'm going to focus on the good. You know, I'll talk about some of the stuff that happened this year that wasn't great. But I think for the most part, I'm going to keep it personal. Um, I yell enough on Twitter about my political beliefs, my sexual orientation, and my want for everything to generally just be gayer. So I don't feel the need to do that here. However, um, you know, if you voted for Trump in the previous election, and then voted for Biden this time around, thank you. I appreciate you recognizing your mistake and making a change. However, if you voted for Trump again, if you voted for Trump even the first time at this point, why are you still listening? Um, and that's not a, a question I need answered. Don't don't message me and tell me why, I don't care. Um, but that's about as political as I'm gonna get this year on the show because I'd rather move on to some of my favorite stuff from 2020. Um, I, this is usually a much longer list of favorite things, but this year is kind of in a wormhole, right? I consumed a lot of things older than this year that came out previous years because I had some more time on my hands. For the most part, everything that I'm praising that came out this year is stuff I've actively done or listened to this year. Most of the media is new. It came out this year with the exception of one thing. Uh, but... It's a hard and fast rule that I don't necessarily apply to, I think. You know, I talk a lot in the video game space because I have two gaming podcasts, and often your game of the year has to be your favorite game of that year, the year it came out. And while I get why news media outlets will do that to promote the stuff that actually happened that year, I think as a more casual journalist, I guess we'll say, I use that term very loosely, I don't feel – I think you're – The best game of 2020 or the best anything of 2020 can be just the thing you enjoyed of that the most that year. Um, It can be current, but I don't think it has to be. And going through the list of stuff that I really enjoyed this year, the game, my favorite video game of this year, is not something that came out this year. Uh, It came out last year, I think. And so live on the pod, I'm going to look up when it came out because, you know, I'm nothing if not professional like that. Uh, Wow, it actually came out five years ago, but I'm guessing the U.S. release was more recent than that. Um, Yeah, 2017 is when it came out, but it came out in March of 2015 in Japan, and then it took some years to get localized and come here. So 2017, so three years old, older than I thought. So again, I've beaten around the bush long enough. My favorite game this year that I played was the game Yakuza Zero, which is also the game that got me into the Yakuza series, a long-running series. Uh, made by Sega that started on the PlayStation 2, I believe, was the first Yakuza game. And after the first couple, they weren't really getting localized in the U.S. And then they remastered some of the old ones, I believe, and eventually started localizing the later ones. Um, They all did eventually come out in the States, but I think there has always been a delay with them. I'm not as well-versed in the series as other diehard fans, but that said... I've fallen in love with this series, and I think Yakuza 0 specifically I really fell in love with because it's one of the most dramatic, like, um, Yakuza-related, you know, kind of mafia-style drama that I've ever played in a video game, but it, the dichotomy of the side quests and other stories within that world and the combat are so cartoonishly off-the-wall and goofy, it makes for the perfect mixture of sincere and wacky, and I love it, Um it's just a delightful game. The story is, is actually quite incredible, the main story. And then it has tons of side quests that just uh, throw you for a loop and are, are really off the wall. And I loved it. it. I was playing it after my spouse and I had been displaced due to the fire at our apartment, and I think it just hit at the right time. It made me forget about all my troubles at the time. I really got absorbed into it. I really fell in love with the characters. And it's made me pursue the rest of the series. I've already played Yakuza Kiwami, which is a remake of the first game. And I've started Yakuza Kiwami 2, which is, as of this recording, I plan on streaming uh, Twitch twitch.tv slash dj underscore stormageddon. And I plan on playing the rest of the series for Hanukkah. My spouse got me the PlayStation 4 collection of 3, 4, and 5. And then I think 6 is its own release. And then 7, Like a Dragon, and the newest one, which diverts from the Kill Story Um that the other six games revolve around. And I'm excited to play them all. I'll probably stream them all. But if you have not played Yakuza 0, and you know nothing about it, but you like incredible games with brilliant stories and wacky hijinks, play this game. I can't recommend it enough. The blinder you can go into it, the better. Because the more you know about this game, I think the more it takes away from the fact that like it's just, it, it kept surprising me and I think that's also why I loved it so much. Um, that said, if you do wanna know more about it, you can look up my series Side Quests on the Fun and Games podcast feed. Um, there's an episode hosted by uh, Derek Van Dyke who did an episode about this very game for the SideQuest series. And that's what actually inspired me to give this series and this game a chance. So I would recommend listening to that. That's also a good appetizer for Yakuza 0 if you do want to know more about it and don't want to go in completely unaware of what you're getting into. Uh, Up next is my audiobook or book of the year. This year it's an actual physical book. Um, Usually it's an audiobook in previous years, um, but this time... It's an actual book, and a book that I didn't even know was coming out, and then once it was out, I had to have. It's Bioware, Stories and Secrets from 25 Years of Game Development. It's a retrospective, hardcover, coffee table book, essentially an encyclopedia in size, about Bioware, the game studio. Um, Anyone who knows me knows it's no secret that Mass Effect is one of my favorite game series of all time. Dragon Age is pretty high up there at this point now, too. And when I knew they were making a book with photos and behind the scenes and stories from the developers, the creators, the writers, all of that, I knew I needed to get my hands on it. I got it as a Hanukkah present as well this year, and I love it so much. Um, I've only read the first, I'd say, third of it uh, gone through because it's also pictures and stuff, Um, and I'm going to get through the rest of it, but I'm already in love with it. Um, yes, I am favoriting something I haven't completed. It's fine. Um, I'm really excited to get through it, though, because I fall more and more in love with a lot of what Bioware has done, Anthem notwithstanding, and I'm really excited to to read this behind the scenes. And also, for what seems like as a, as much of a catastrophic failure as Anthem was on a lot of levels, I still kind of want to play it because it's a Bioware game, and I love this studio. Um, and I'm interested to know more about the behind the scenes, because You can tell that there was a lot of love put into parts of that game. But not to go down too far into the video game rabbit hole with Bioware. But if you are a Bioware fan, if you are a fan of the Mass Effect games, Dragon Age games, Knights of the Old Republic, Jade Empire, on and on and on the games they've made, I highly recommend picking up this book. It's well worth it. So definitely go check that out. On to my favorite movie of this year. It surprised me, though I was excited when I saw the trailer for it. It's the movie Palm Springs, with uh, which premiered on Hulu, I believe, over the summer, um, starring Andy Samberg. And I'm gonna look up the lead actress he plays opposite because I don't remember her name, and it's going to drive me crazy if I don't look up her name. If this isn't proof that I did not take notes for this, then nothing is. Kristen uh, Milioni, yani. um, I believe that's how it's pronounced. They, the movie is about, um, a time loop. Um, Andy Samberg's character is stuck in a time loop. Uh, his name is Niles and, um, uh, Milioni's M- 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 character, Sarah joins him in this time loop accidentally. And then the rest of the movies, the hijinks that ensue as a result of it. Um, it keeps repeating the same 24 hours, I believe. And, uh, it's great. Uh, it was funny. It was interesting. It was unique. It, it was uh, a science fiction comedy in a way that I hadn't seen in a long time. I like to compare it to the original Ghostbusters, even though that movie, I think, has more flaws I see now than I did back in the day, though it's still a favorite. But this is, was equal parts comedy, ridiculous science, and uh, incredible acting, and I loved it. I got to see a ton of character actors who I enjoy having very unique and interesting roles As well, and if you know nothing about Palm Springs, again, like Yakuza Zero, this is something that the less research you do, the better, because the movie doesn't pull any punches and it's a blast from start to finish. So, highly recommend it. Go watch Palm Springs if you have Hulu. All right, favorite TV show of the year. This was a little harder. Uh, My runner-up, which I don't usually have runner-ups, but my runner-up is Schitt's Creek because I watched it for the first time this year. My spouse and I binged it together Um, we had started it before the fire and I feel like we finished it before the fire too this year, but, um, we caught up to the current season as it aired this year, I believe, or just after it aired. And, uh, it's phenomenal. It's one of the best comedies I've ever watched and I highly recommend it. But the show that jumped to my, my top spot for this year for 2020 is the Mandalorian. And there's a lot of reasons why. And I know there's a lot of in fighting in the Star Wars community on the internet so I'm not gonna spend too much time on it because personally I don't care what the internet thinks about Star Wars I like what I like and I don't like what I don't like but I loved the Mandalorian from the start and what really sealed it for me this year is they brought back one of my favorite all-time characters from Star Wars Boba Fett and even though the prequels did him dirty and turned him from a unique soldier into a clone of a less unique soldier the way they've brought him back and the way that they have explored this story in this and in their future, they've already announced they're going to do a story focused on Boba Fett. I'm really excited because I've always wanted more lore from this character besides the books. The books were good, but you know, now that that's not considered canonical for the most part, I'm really excited. that They brought him back into the universe in a way that worked for them and that he is still kicking ass and that we're going to get more with him because I've always enjoyed that character a lot of folks didn't like the finale of The Mandalorian and what it, uh, what those final scenes implied. I thought it wrapped up beautifully. I thought it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I know that a lot of people complain about how Star Wars cares too much about catering to fans. But I don't feel particularly catered to them by the, the new movies, even though I enjoyed those too for their ups and downs. But I really like The Mandalorian. I think it's masterfully made um seeing some of these animated characters come to life like folks from the clone wars even stuff in the clone wars that i haven't even watched yet but i know i'm familiar with the characters it was just really exciting and really fun um i won't go into the final episode stuff because i don't want to spoil the show and i'm sorry if you didn't know boba fett had come back in it and i spoiled that for you i apologize but it's been many months since that first episode where we saw him in so i feel like it was safe anyway The Mandalorian, I really liked it. I encourage, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you might enjoy The Mandalorian because I know a lot of non-Star Wars fans or folks who don't really follow the fandom at all who dove in on The Mandalorian and really dug it. All right, on to my favorite album of the year. Um, It's a late entry. It's something that I only discovered towards the end of the year thanks to the game Fuser, which was second place for my game of the year. I think the only reason Fuser is not is because... I don't know why, I think I just Yakuza 0 stood out more to me. It just made a bigger impact on me as a whole. It introduced me to a new series of games that I'm excited to play, but Fuser is great as well. But anyway, it's the artist Ava Max, and her album Heaven and Hell is phenomenal. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a sucker for a good, tight pop record, and it is one of the best pop records I've heard in a while, and that's acknowledging how much of a queen Carly Rae Jepsen is, as well as Taylor Swift. Um, this is her debut album. It came out this year. Um, you probably know "King" and "Kings and Queens" from her album, or um, "Sweet but Psycho," I believe is the name of the other song. It's phenomenal. If you haven't heard "Heaven and Hell" but by Ava Max, and you like Lady Gaga, the the other artists I just mentioned, if you're a big fan of pop music, especially incredibly talented uh, female singers, I highly recommend Ava Max. Um, she jumped to the top. Just below uh, Halsey, who's my all-time favorite female pop star. Pop star in general, I think. But yeah, so Heaven and Hell by Ava Max. Go check it out. On to my favorite song of the year. It's actually a song made by a friend of mine. Someone who I met this year, who's the, the friend of all pods, as he's referred to every podcast that he's been a guest on or is associated with. But it's the incredible Dan Purcell and his song Serendipity from his upcoming EP... It is phenomenal. It's on Spotify. Go check it out. It is a pop banger, and I don't use that term loosely. It is one of the most fire pop songs I've ever heard. Dan is an incredible talent, and I had known that for a while anyway. But this song I listened to on loop for many days, and I listened to it almost once a day every day this year. And I've showered this praise on him personally before, but if you've not checked out Serendipity by Dan Purcell, please go check it up. That's P-U-R-C-E-L-L, Dan Purcell. Go check it out on Spotify, go buy it on iTunes, and uh, get hyped for his album, which comes out soon, I think. As of when this airing, I think early next year it's coming out. So go check that out. Dan, you're amazing. Finally, of my favorite stuff for this year, my final favorite stuff is my standout podcast for this year. This is a category that's begun to matter more and more to me as I continue to make podcasts, produce more podcasts, just work in the podcasting space which has become my focus um especially over this past year since we last checked in i was way more involved in the burlesque scene and djing live events which of course in the year of covid stopped but i had actually made a decision to step back from it before that because i wanted to focus on podcasting i'd been doing podcasting for a long time and i wanted to grow all the things i've been working on a lot of that plan involved going to actual conventions which got cut off at the knees this year but that said, uh, podcasting means a lot to me. Anyone who knows me knows podcasting means a lot to me. And my favorite podcast of this year, that award goes to the Infinity Pod. Um, the Infinity Podcast, hosted by Patrick H. Willems, Rachel Quirky-Shank, and Scott Thomas, um, all previous guests of this very show. It's It started as a Marvel retrospective podcast talking about the lead-up to Infinity War, getting through Infinity War and Endgame, and then rewatching a bunch of the Marvel movies, both the MCU movies and non-MCU movies. And then it shifted gears towards the end of the year, becoming a pop culture through the lens of Marvel podcasts, but also more generally just a pop culture podcast. And I think it makes sense. I love listening to these folks talk about anything from just Marvel movies to other things, and I'm so glad that they pivoted, and they pivoted expertly. But also, these are just three warm, incredible humans who I've had the pleasure of working with on multiple occasions, and I love listening to them talk. I feel like I'm in the room with them. I feel like I'm hanging out with them, and... They've gotten me through a lot of hard times this year, a lot of struggles. Listening to them every Monday has put a smile on my face, and so I can't thank them enough, and I will thank them all again later individually, but The Infinity Pod is my podcast of the year. If you have not listened to it yet, don't know any of those names of the hosts, please go check it out anyway. I promise you that you will enjoy it. As long as you are open-minded and want to have a good time, I think you'll really dig it. So that's it. That's my favorites of the year. Um, I thought about getting more specific with some other things. But I felt like a shorter list this year made sense. Uh, 2020 has been a wild year with that made me feel pretty scattered. And I feel like rambling on and prattling on about my favorites of the year won't really do me any good. Um, I do want to talk about some standout moments from this year. And then we'll get to the thank yous and call it a day. I don't I don't need this podcast to be an hour. I don't need to talk at y'all for an hour though I do appreciate each and every one of you for being here who is listening but some standout moments that happened this year some really big things the first thing I'm going to mention again because I want to get it out of the way and because it's been it's affected this show it's affected my other shows and it's affected my life in a way that I couldn't have even begun to predict but the 811 Cortelli Road fire my apartment building caught fire in August and um due to water damage my spouse and I got displaced We were living in a hotel for almost a month. Now we live in an apartment in Brooklyn, um, and we're here until hopefully we can get back into our apartment. Um, And I'm not gonna go into the details of the nitty gritty of it, but it was traumatic to say the least. Um, Every time I hear fire trucks, I get an anxiety attack now, which like I never reacted to sirens. We lived near a firehouse at the old apartment, but something about living through this experience has changed how I react with that, which I hear is not uncommon. Um, But, yeah, it was really hard, and it really sucked. And I am endlessly thankful for my incredible partner, Sarah Storm, who I'll thank again later at the thank yous, but I'll thank again here. I would have not gotten through it without her if either of us had to go through this alone, I feel like. I can't even imagine what that nightmare would be like. The fact that we have each other absolutely handily made it easier. But it did affect a lot of things. And, you know, I'm just thankful nobody got hurt. No one in the building, nobody died, nobody in the building got hurt. One firefighter got minorly injured during the firefight, but that's it. And like, the further we get from it, the more thankful I am for that fact, among anything else. The rest of it is all stuff, and we were able to recover a lot of our stuff, but we lost everything in our kitchen and pretty much everything in our bathroom. Um, But that said, like we have our lives, we have, a lot of our valuables are, you know, my computer, which was vitally important to everything that I do and was doing. Like, but at the end of the day, that's all stuff, right? We can replace that stuff. You can't replace people. And so, yeah, that's the last I'm going to try and talk about that. I have referred back to it a bunch, but I feel like I'm on the other side of some of the trauma with, it. I'm sure there's other stuff I'll work out as we go. But like, Thank you to everyone who's been supportive and was supportive and continues to be supportive after that traumatic event. We are very lucky to have the friends, family, and just people in our life who supported us through that really difficult time. All right, on to the awesome and positive stuff because there is a lot of that. The first one was back in March. I got to be on, well, the end of February, early March. I was on my first ever PAX East panel. I'd been to PAX East a few times. This was my first time back in a long time this past March, right before things shut down. And I got to be on a panel about Bioware love interests in the Bioware games, and it was so exciting. Um, I was on an incredible panel with other creators, Leona Rupert, Jesse Vitelli, Kenneth Shepard, Morgan Shaver, all of these incredible humans who I'd been fans of their work on the internet already, and then getting to be on a panel with them where we ranked and discussed and debated our favorite love interests from Bioware Games. It was just, it was so much fun. The majority of them were from Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Of course, my number one will always be Thane from Mass Effect, and Josephine from Dragon Age. Uh, Those are my number ones, in case anyone was wondering. But it was a blast. I had so much fun. The room was mostly filled. There were some really great, incredible folks there. We had a great time with the audience. Um, If you want to hear that panel, you can go to my other podcast, Reignite, which is my Mass Effect podcast. That episode aired this year. I don't remember what episode number it is, but it is in season three, and uh, it's an incredible panel. You should definitely check it out, especially if you are a Bioware fan. So shout out to all those folks on the panel. I'm going to thank them again in the thank you section anyway. But that was a life-changing experience. PAX East in general was a life-changing experience this year. I met a bunch of the folks from SDGC. I got to help them film some stuff for their YouTube page, like their interview with the creators or developers from for Fall Guys and a bunch of other things. Um, those folks are great, and I'm going to thank them later too. But the SDGC crew, past and present, continue to be a huge influence, inspiration, and uh, driving force in my life, as well as incredible friends. And uh, and I got to meet a lot of them there. I made a lot of new friends at PAX East as well. Folks who have been guests on Screen Snark, folks who have been guests on Reignite, folks who have been guests on Fun and Games, and I continue to work those relationships uh, in because I love supporting and and shouting to the world all these incredible humans I met at PAX East. So the whole convention was a life changing experience, not just that panel. But the panel, of course, was the focus. I'd been to PAX East before, but being on a panel was a first for me, and it was it was. Is just incredible. Um, the other big thing this year is uh, I've launched Side Quests, which is a series I produce within the Fun and Games feed, which is my gaming podcast, where each episode, a different host tells talks about a game that they love and why they love it. And it's a series that I'd wanted to do something like it for a while. And then when I got back from PAX East, after meeting all these folks that I really clicked with, I was like, I want to share their stories. I want to I be able to give an Opportunity to people who don't always get to share their stories about a game they love, free of judgment. If anyone's existed on the internet at all, especially this year, you've noticed there's an insane amount of negativity, some of it justified and some not. But within the game industry, games industry, it's often unjustified. You know, people just spewing hot fire at other folks because they hate everything. And I'm generalizing a little bit, but I noticed that video games had just become generally more negative, and I was tired of it. And I wanted to put some positivity in the world. And so I was like, what if I create a series where I ask someone to talk about one of their favorite games and why they love it, free of judgment, free of the ire of the internet or the scrutiny, at least in the recording and releasing process. People can comment. They can say whatever they want. But like, I wanted to create this avenue where someone can come on this show and just talk about something they love without the interjection of the internet. And it's been incredible success as of when i'm recording this and we're gearing up to release just after the new year our 50th episode special um i can't believe there's already been 50 episodes of them um as of the day i'm recording this the day before it's released because i waited the last minute to record this episode um we released episode 49 uh, with Matt Gregoire who talks about Prey, the 2017 release, which I also fell in love with this year for the first time thanks to the incredible Daniel Riendo over at Fanbyte who constantly talked about that game. Um, but I highly recommend you check it out if you want to know more about games or just why people like certain games. Um, I can't recommend this series enough. I've gotten a lot of compliments on it, which I appreciate. And honestly, like I said, it was just an avenue to put out a little more positivity in the world. And I'm glad that folks are both enjoying listening to it as well as enjoying doing it. I've done a few episodes, of course, of it as well. Um, Yeah, if you're interested in video games at all, even slightly, these stories are great, and uh, I think it's a great way to be introduced to games you might not have ever heard of or ever played that might make you want to try those games. Moving forward, talking about things that happened this year, I became the producer of a podcast this year that has changed my life. Of course, I'm talking about joining the incredible folks of Shut Up Evan. Um, Shut Up Evan is a podcast about gay shit and pop culture uh, or internet culture specifically. We have had incredible guests this season as of when we're recording. Our most recent episode was with the incredible Tara Reed. But I am so thankful Evan came along when he did Evan Ross Katz, and I got connected through the incredible Abu Safar, who you may know from Lore Party, who I've collaborated with on many different things, uh, connected us, Evan was looking for a new producer, his other producer was leaving to work on other projects, and uh, wanted someone else to fill the role, and I'm so happy that Evan and I clicked, and that we met, and that we, not physically, because of course COVID, but met through the internet, and I was able to be brought on in the, as the producer of the show. We've produced some incredible content. Also, you know, we have an incredible team, our editor, Ryan, as well as our social media person, Sean. The whole Shut Up Evan team has been a blast to work with. Our The content that we're producing is incredible, and I'm so honored to be a part of it. I got to speak to one of my idols, Retta, and find out that we both have the same exact ideal cup of coffee, which is Pete's Coffee, with a little bit of hazelnut creamer, delicious. Um, I got to talk to uh, Devin Sawa. I got to talk to so many incredible humans this year that I couldn't believe I got the opportunity to chat with. I got to meet uh, incredible drag queens that I didn't even know existed, who now I can't believe I didn't know existed. And it's just been a, a roller coaster ride, and it's nowhere near over. We're creating some incredible stuff, and I'm just so proud and excited to be a part of it. Shut up Evan is unlike anything else I'm doing in the sense that it it's it's just it's collaborative in a different way than my other podcasts are. That not a bad way, not a good way, just a different way. Me and Evan, you know, Evan's booking the guests, Evan's you know, figuring out where to take the show and I'm helping to guide the ship and it's it takes everyone who's on the team working on the show to make it happen. But I'm so honored and incredibly humbled to be a part of it. And it's just been really exciting. And I can't wait to see what we do in 2021. I know for a fact that we have some incredible guests plan that I will not spoil now, but I'm very excited about it. So definitely if you're not uh, downloading Shut Up Evan on your podcast platform of choice, please check that out. Evan also, anyone who's listened to this show was a guest not too many episodes back. So yeah, uh, shout out again to Evan Ross Katz, the rest of our folks working on shut up Evan. And uh, I'm very excited to see what we do in 2021. Uh, Next, I want to talk about guesting on Normandy FM, which is uh, our arch nemesis podcast to reignite, which isn't really a nemesis at all. They're the other mass effect podcasts who have now since moved on to dragon age uh, and completed that and is doing Jada empire next. And then going from there on becoming uh, a more general non-bioware, just gaming retrospective podcast. And first of all, um, and I'm going to thank these guys again later in the thank in the thank yous, but Eric and Kenneth changed my life this year. I met them in person for the first time at PAX East this year. And I speak to them almost every week. Um, we chat on a discord call with a bunch of other folks that I met through PAX East and, uh, Those folks have all changed my life. They've been incredible. They've kept me sane during this crazy year. But guesting on Normandy FM, getting to talk about my girl Josephine from Dragon Age Inquisition, and being a part of this show that I've been a fan of and been listening to since we discovered them as the other Mass Effect podcast, um, it was just incredible. It's one of my highlights of the year. I love this show so much, so getting to be on it is just still kind of mind-blowing to me. We had Ken, as of now, also as a guest on Reignite, and Eric is going to be on later in the season, sometime next year. Just Eric uh, Eric Van Allen and, and Kenneth Shepard are two of the real ones, as they say. They're two of the most incredible humans I've ever met, and I'm so grateful to have been on their show and that they considered me worthy of being a guest to talk about Josephine. So uh, it just still mind-blowing to this this moment so thank you both if you happen to be listening um, a few other things um, I got to be on shooting the shit with Chris Chipman Chris Chipman the brother of Bob Chipman both of them content creators that I've been fans of for a long time and Chris and I became friends through the internet um, through JD Martin and a few other folks that I talked to a lot on Twitter uh, we connected there and we recorded an episode the episode is not out yet as of this recording I think it's gonna be out next year but i'm so excited that i got to do it and i wanted to shout it out if you're not following uh the chippa the chippa made this he has a patreon he has a twitter he has several podcasts like myself um definitely go check out what chris is making he's a really sweet guy and we had a great chat and uh he's a future guest for autographs we can make the schedules work but I definitely just wanted to shout that out before we wrap up the year. And then one of the last things I wanted to call attention to, and I'm sure I'm forgetting other things, and if I've forgotten something that we've worked on together, please, please message me. Um, but thank you also. Whoever I'm forgetting, thank you. Because I've done a lot of other incredible con- uh, collaborations this past year. I got to talk about Scott Pilgrim on Let's Rewatch. I got to be a guest on a bunch of the other podcasts on Certain POV. Um there's just so many things, it's hard to keep them all in my brain. But if I've forgotten you, it's not because you are less memorable. It's mostly because my memory is going as I get older. But the last thing I want to call out is the incredible D&D YouTube series that I've gotten to be a part of that's still releasing episodes as we speak called The Kestrel Tavern, created by Caleb, who is the DM for it. Um, I got to work with some incredible people on that. We had incredible guests on it. It is a and d campaign about adventurers who opened a bar and stopped adventuring and the things that can still happen, even if you're not looking for adventure, it may come to you. And it was great. Um, you know, the, the guests we had on were awesome. Working with Lily and um, Leo and um, Shane, just, it was just just simply incredible. I had such a blast making this show. And I'm glad that it's finally seen the light of day. It is a YouTube series. You can find it. Carpe Ludos has their own YouTube channel and you can find a playlist of the Kestrel Tavern there. It was so incredibly fun to do. We just had so much fun doing it. And we had, like I said, some incredible guests who came on and played other characters. And if you have not watched it, I highly recommend you go check it out. Again, it's on the Carpe Ludos YouTube channel. And yeah, uh, thank you again, Caleb, for thinking of me. We're We're likely going to do a season two. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn saying that we haven't set dates or done any recording yet. We're still releasing the first season, but there will be more at some point. And I look forward to continuing being a part of it, but thank you, Caleb for the opportunity. All right. We've gone for about 30 minutes. I have about like three minutes of nonsense to probably cut out of this before we wrap up with the thank yous, which is just me listing people to thank because I want to thank them, and they deserve their moment. I have a special announcement to make, something that I've been playing close to the chest for a little while. Um, Fans of Autographs and of Crash Chords in general know that I used to have a music podcast at CrashCords.com called Crash Chords, where I did an album review every week with two co-hosts that went on hiatus many years ago. And Autographs has been the only thing on this site for a long time. While the website is probably not going anywhere, and you can still listen to all 201 episodes of Crash Chords on any podcast platform of your choice, I've decided to move Autographs on from Crash Chords. It's been connected to Crash Chords for a long time because that was the brand I had at the time, and I wanted to do an interview show, but the reality is... While Crash Chords, the flagship podcast, has been on hiatus for ages and the website isn't being used for much else, I think post continuing to post this show here and keeping it attached to Crash Chords doesn't make sense. It'll it'll always be my show and it'll always have that legacy of being spawn, spawned from and spun off from Crash Chords, but I think it's time that I put it where everything else I'm doing is. And so officially in 2021, I'm not sure when yet, it's going to be a slow process, Crash Chords autographs will become autographs, or some variation of autographs without the crash cords. And it will be moving to certainpov.com. This is the first place I'm making this official announcement. Case already knows, we've spoken about it as of when I'm recording this. The rest of the the, uh, folks over at CertainPOV don't know this yet. I was gonna announce it at our next group meeting, but if they're listening, they'll know now. I'm really excited. I think it makes sense. I think everything else I'm doing is there, so to not put autographs on certain certainpov.com, it's just, it's the right fit, it's a perfect fit. Why should it sit on Crash Chords after all this time when nothing else is on this site? It just, especially since the Crash Chords part of it, the music focus part of it hasn't been a part of it for a while. While I still have plenty of musicians as guests, that's not the focus anymore, like it was in the early days. And so I think it's it's just natural. To evolve this and move forward, um, and remove the crash course part. Now there is another podcast called Autographs, I, th- I believe, right now that I found on iTunes. So we may have to finagle the name to keep it. Um, but I don't, I don't expect to change to drastically change the name of the show. Whether I just start calling it Autographs with Matt A.K. Stormageddon or certain POV Autographs, which we might do. But whatever the change is, this show will now be. In 2021, as we ramp up, we'll move to certainpov.com. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that it won't be posting on CrashCores.com anymore? Eventually. For now, until I make an official announcement somewhere on Twitter, which I haven't yet, which is probably the place I'll do it, it is still going to exist on CrashCores.com. That website will be updated as well as whatever podcast platform of your choice. The reason it's going to take some time in 2021, probably the majority of the first quarter, is because I want the transition to be seamless. So if you're subscribed via whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now, you will not lose anything, you will not miss episodes, you will not have to do anything. The artwork and the name may change, but the feed won't, you'll keep getting it. But in order to make that happen, I have to do some research and I have to do some finagling to make sure that you guys don't miss out on anything I use you guys the gender-neutral term. Y'all. Let's say y'all instead. Y'all won't have to do anything. You just keep listening. Um, what does it mean for the website? It means eventually there will be no more new updates to CrashCords.com. We're not going to shut up the site. There are no plans to shut it down. It'll still exist. It's still part of my resume, and I don't want it going anywhere. But new updates, new episodes, web postings will be moved to CertainPOV.com. Um, I'm not sure of the URL yet. Although if I had to guess, it's certainpov.com/autographs is probably what it'll be, or something along those lines. But when that's ready, I will let you know, and it will be available online for the listener. For you, it shouldn't. It, this doesn't really mean that much if you're already a listener. My plan is for you to not have to do anything to just keep listening. The show to keep showing up in your feed. This move is mostly to try and get new listeners, folks over at certain POV who listen to those other shows will hopefully then check out this show as well. And just to allow the show to grow more naturally in a way that I don't think it was really growing on its own at CrashCores.com. So exciting stuff. Again, I don't know all the logistics of it yet, but I wanted to share with you loyal listeners that news because it's a big deal to me. This is my longest running podcast that's currently running. And it it's close to my heart because this is 100% my baby. And the move to certain POV won't change that. Case may help with some graphics or some other stuff, but this show is still 100% my show. I'm the host. I edit it. I approve the guests. I put it out. But if nothing else, it'll ha- allow me to make more connections and possibly have a greater diversity of guests. I try and keep the guests as diverse as possible, but this will hopefully expand my horizons in a way to bring even more people on to this show. So... With that said, thank you for being with me for another year. Thank you for continuing to listen. Every one of you is invaluable to me. I am endlessly thankful that you listen to me talk to other people. I'm proud of so many of the interviews I've done this year. Off the top of my head, the most recent one I did with um, with Jesse from Hello Monday was incredible. I love talking to Jason Ritter. You'd think my friend, I could get his last name right, Jason Ritter. Um, And so many others. Evan Ross Katz coming on, Matthew Ryan Limerick, so many incredible guests. Pat Edwards, Case Aiken, Patrick Willems, as well as the Torpies, both on this year. Scott Thomas, I think, was this year. I know Abe Goldfarb was this year. Like, I'm just, I'm so endlessly lucky to have incredible guests and incredible listeners, the best listeners on the internet. So thank you for your time. And with that, I'm going to wrap up the show by thanking specific people who have made a huge impact on my life this year and for many years, starting with my incredible spouse, Sarah Storm, who without none of this would be possible. Her constant support, her love, her pushing me to work harder, do more, grow, take risks. I'm endlessly uh, agog with the amount of luck that I have in my life to have such an incredible partner. And none of this would have been possible, especially this year without her. So thank you so much to her. Next, two of my partners in crime, though we don't produce anything together anymore, though I've stepped down from Magical Girl Burlesque, they are still two of my best friends who I missed deeply this year as I did not get to see them multiple times a month like I used to. But Raina Sinclair and Betty Brash, will always be my constant collaborators and mischief makers. I will have them back on this show again at some point, but I love you both. Thank you for all of your support, especially in my decision to take a step back from producing burlesque and move more focused into podcasting. You were incredible understanding when I was terrified to tell you, because I was afraid you were going to hate me for wanting to leave. So your support in that decision, your love and your understanding, meant more than i could possibly articulate then and can probably still articulate now Um, my certain pov family case hans steven j mike jeff frankie rachel brett sam ash pat stephanie meg alex all of you are incredible what certain pov has done in 2020 a year that's been so much on fire for so many people and in so many other places. We've grown so much and done so many incredible things. We did a collaboration with other networks this year, with Geek Elite Media and Lore Party, which was incredible. Like We've accomplished so much and I'm so proud to be a part of this network. And I thank each and every one of you for accepting me and for wanting to collaborate either now or in the future. Um, some constant collaborators who will always mean the world to me even when I don't get to see them. Bonnie Bucksham, Schaefer the Dark Lord, Nelson Lugo, Lisa Soetz, Victor Devon, Katie Bug, and Robert Pryne. You're all people who, no matter what I do, no matter how I pivot, no matter what I'm working on, you're there for me, 110%. And though I didn't get to see all of you very much this year in person, the time that we did get to spend together in person this year is i cherish deeply the time we spent on the internet together live performances any of that stuff um i love you and thank you for always supporting me thank you for wanting to collaborate with me i'm hoping post-covid we can collaborate more again i just love you all so much and i appreciate your time next i want to thank a bunch of my patrons both at the level where I think at the top of the pod and even beyond, because each and every one of you supporting the show is why the show gets to happen. Um, and of course, talking about Rob Robin, Greg and Emily, John Lestrange, the blurred girl, Teresa, Ian, R. buck, Caitlin McGrath, all of you, whether you're giving a dollar, whether you're giving $5, $30, it doesn't matter. The, the fact that you want to, fiscally support my podcast and of course Frankie along with John are supporting the podcast and all my podcasts the the fact that you would give money to me knowing that it's you're just giving me money to help me facilitate making a thing is endlessly humbling you know and I'm going to try and be better about updating the Patreon in the new year but you have you believe in the things that I make enough to give me money to make it, so thank you. Um, it's constantly humbling, because I don't always know if I deserve it, but I'm always thankful for it. Um, some former guests or collaborators from the year, like there's no special order to this, but Patrick Williams and the Torpy Brothers, I've been such a fan of your work for so long. To finally have you on the show this year was incredible but thank you for everything that you do. Everything you put out on the internet puts a smile on my face and I'm so thankful for it. Some other former guests and collaborators, including Scott Thomas, A. Goldfarb, Abu Safar, Leo Wiggins, Lute Alfred Douglas, Fyodor Pavlov, um, Connor, and now we're getting into just people who inspire me. We'll take a break there after Connor, but these are people I've worked with this year people who have helped build out my twitch channel or have helped um you know grow autographs or any of the other things i work on i didn't even mention the twitch channel earlier but i have over 300 followers on twitch now i started the year with less than 60. that's incredible that growth is incredible to me and i'm super thankful to the folks who helped make that happen lud Alfred Douglas Uh, King among them, he made all of the emotes for that channel and continues to make emotes for that channel, and I'm thankful for, as well as the pixel art for fun and games. Um, Some creators who have meant the world to me this year, all of those previous names included, but also Patrick Klepek, Rob Zachney, Gita Jackson, Austin Walker, Danielle Riendo, Nikki Grayson, Merrick Kaye, Stephen Strom, John Warren... Ken Shepard, Eric Van Allen, Leona Rupert, Jesse Vitelli, Morgan Shaver, Brendan, Brayden Kex, Wout, Derek Van Dyke, Rebecca Valentine, John Phipps, Zach, Justin, Finn, Maddie G, Brittany, Sam, Jeff, Rar, Lena, and the rest of the SDGC community, all of my previous guests, every one of them, and all of my listeners, thank you. Thank you. I get to make this show because of you, because you give me your support, your energy, your actual money, any of that stuff. You buy merch, you compliment the show, you write a review. We hang out in a Discord together. You chat with me on Twitter. There's so many other names that I haven't even mentioned of folks that I talk to almost every day that have changed my life this year. I can't possibly thank all of you without just blanketly saying thank you. Thank you for listening to Autographs. Thank you for sticking with this show as it changes and as it evolves. And thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And for one final time in 2020, I will just sign us off by saying, music is life and life is good. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Amans. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great way to help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Web. Thank you so much for listening. Hey there, Screen Beans. Have you heard about Screen Snark? Rachel, this is an ad break. They aren't screen beans until they listen to the show. Fine, potential screen beans. You like movies and TV shows, right? I mean, who doesn't? Screen Snark is a casual conversation about the movies and television shows that are shaping us as we live our everyday lives. That's right, Matt. We have a chat with at least one incredible guest every episode, hailing from all walks. We've interviewed chefs, writers, costumers, musicians, yoga teachers, comedians, burlesque dancers, folks in the film and TV industry, and more. We'd be delighted for you to join us every other Monday on the Certain POV Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts fresh and tasty off the presses. What? what? That's... No, that's not... Can I call them Screen Beans now? Fine. Screen Beans! So tune in and we'll see you at the movies or on a couch somewhere. Because you're a whole Screen Beans now. She will be mine